This is an F1 car. This is Ireland. This is an Irishman. This is a very drunk Irishman with a trilby. Oh, and that's Eddie Irvine. He's from Northern Ireland, bloody Brit. This is an Irish-owned F1 car. And this is the start of a video about Irish drivers and teams in F1. Yeah, there aren't that many, so we may have to include that bloody turncoat Irvine just for the sake of filling content. Are you ready? Well, I couldn't give a whether you are or not. We're starting with or without you. But the video should be some crack. So let's get started with the one and only ever Irish-owned team, Jordan. Now we're sucking diesel. Eddie Jordan was born in Dublin back in 1948 before moving to Bray for some fresh air. He would hit his big break after taking a six-week accountancy course at Sin Street, which led him to the glamour and glitz of being a clerk at the Bank of Ireland in Mullingar. Then all hell would break loose as a banking strike in 1970 caused him to head off to the far-off islands of, of Jersey. Here he would see karting for the first time, technology at its finest. He came home, bought a kart in 1971 and won the Irish Karting Championship, proving once and for all that there's all good racing drivers in Ireland. After running in Formula Ford, Formula 3 and somehow winning the Formula Atlantic Championship in 1978, while also doing some F1 testing for McLaren, he ran short of money. This led him to do what all of us do when we're running low on funds, start a racing team, Eddie Jordan Racing. I don't know about you, but when I'm low on funds, I'm eating dry toast and rice, but apparently I should be starting a racing team. Then in 1983, he stumbled upon a man interrupting people with a microphone in the car parks of Norfolk. When asked what he was doing, the young man said, I can't actually, I believe I just did, before calling it a gridwalk. Jordan signed Brundle on the spot for his team and the young Martin Brundle finished second behind a young Ayrton Senna that year in F3. In 1989, Jordan signed the podcaster, oh, oh, and he, he was also chief designer at Reynard, um, Gary Anderson to the team. He was ready to make the jump, founding Jordan Grand Prix in 1991. The race was on. Oh, oh sorry, Gary, that's, uh, that's your line. Sorry about that, man. They would become the little F1 team that could, regularly punching above their weight, an Irish tradition in reality. They were also the first team to take a chance on Michael Schumacher, and they had their most successful race with a 1-2 for Ralph Schumacher and Damon Hill in 1998. A host of drivers would have their breaks at Jordan. Drivers who have won Grand Prix have driven for them, including Damon Hill, Nigel Mansell, Michael Schumacher and Ayrton Senna, while John Alacy, Rubens Barrichello, Thierry Bootsen, Giancarlo Vizichella, Heinz Harold Fretzen, Johnny Herbert, Eddie Irvine, Roberto Moreno, Rolf Schumacher, Jarno Trulli, Martin Brundle, and John Watson all drove Jordan cars. Did you know we've just launched our new merch store below at wheelsports.co and while at the moment we've only got four fun t-shirts that you can purchase, we're going to be adding new stuff weekly. But here's the even better news. Every month we're selecting random winners who have liked, commented or shared our videos, followed us on Twitter or on Instagram as well. So check out all those links in the description below and you'll find our merch channel there. And also don't forget that by simply signing up for wheelsports.co, you can become a writer and submit your own articles 
and start your journey in F1. Now that we've paid some bills, let's hop back to the video. In 2002, Jordan lost their Honda partnership to BAR. DHL pulled their sponsorship and flew it off to somewhere else, and Benson and Hedges began slowing down their sponsorships. Midland Group ended up buying the team in 2005. At their last ever race, Eddie Jordan was quoted as saying, we've won five times with the fifth being survival on such small funds. The team would later become Force India, run by a shady businessman who the world knew little about, but thankfully the team was taken over by another shady businessman that the world knew little about to become Aston Martin, back in green once again. Our legal team has said that we should not call any of Lawrence Stroll's actions shady and that this should not be included in the video. He is an upstanding citizen, an amazing businessman, and a resident of Canada who should be given full credit for everything that he's done to this point. His actions are all above board, and any insinuation that he was shady was done only for comic effects. Now that the legal jargon's out of the way, let's jump back to the video. We've already done a video about team changes and name changes over the years, and you can watch that up there, if you're bothered. If not, then let's move on. It's time to discuss the Irish drivers who made the cut of F1. And as you can imagine, there are tons of them. There's five. And no, we're not counting Northern Irish drivers. If you'd like a video about Northern Irish drivers, and particularly Eddie Irvine, then please send letters to the British government and ask them to give us back the North. In the meantime, let's start with the very first, Joe Kelly, back in 1950. Joe was first and foremost a businessman. He used the money from his car dealing and property investments to indulge in his passion of motorsport. In the 1950s, he made the press becoming the first Irishman to be invited to take part in the British Grand Prix at Silverstone. He took part in a private car, an Alta GP car, which he had purchased privately. How different F1 was back then, in its early days, that you could just purchase a car and enter if you had the money. <sighs> Little Mazepin would have loved it. Good old Joe took part in both the 1950 and 51 British Grand Prix, but failed to qualify for either, and didn't enter any other F1 races. If you're wondering how a driver doesn't qualify for a race, we've already covered that in detail in our video about the females of Formula One that you can watch up there. Now let's move on from Joe Kelly, who only took place in British Grand Prix, the absolute bastard. Next up is Derek Daly, and to get there, we need to fast forward to 1978, using advanced technology. Derek Daly was from Ballantyre, that's in Dublin, and he managed to become proficient enough at the old vroom vroom turn the wheel drive drive to enter the Formula Ford Championship in 1970. After honing his skills in Formula Ford, he entered the European Formula 2 Championship in 1977. In 1978 and 1979 he competed in both Formula 2 and Formula 1. Can we just note how mental it is that back in the day drivers would do things like that? Can you imagine Hamilton jumping into an F3 car these days for the sheer crack on a weekend off of Formula 1? Daly's best F1 year was 1980, finishing 11th in the standings after scoring two fourth place finishes. However, his most memorable moments are both at the Monaco Grand Prix. In 1980, he managed to vault his car over three cars at Turn 1, and then in 1982, he was running in contention for the win when four cars ahead of him DNF'd only for his own gearbox to fail in the following lap. Look at the Irish, eh? His last ever race was in the car park of Caesars Palace in 1982 for some reason. Let's see if three really is the magic number. And this time it wasn't someone from the grand old capital of Dublin, 
and instead this man was all the way from Sligo. That's in the West. Enter David Kennedy. Like seemingly everyone in the 1970s, Kennedy won the Formula 4 championship. This led him to get an F3 drive with March in 1978. Not to be confused with the month March, which also took place in 1970. And then he entered the British Formula 1 championship. He was runner-up in 1979 at that championship, which got him a drive for the Formula 1 World Championship in 1980 with the Shadow Racing Team. Due to the Shadow DN11 chassis being so, what would we say, shit, Kennedy failed to qualify for any of the seven races that he entered that year. Well, actually, that's not entirely true. He did qualify for the 1980 Spanish Grand Prix. However, the event was later stripped of its Formula One World Championship status, meaning that it wasn't technically an F1 race. I mean, this is really showing that the look of the Irish isn't actually a thing, right? Two years later, the next Irish lad would join F1. Tommy Byrne from of all places, Dundalk. Jesus. The way he raced in F1 was very, shall we say, of the era. As in, pop on a helmet and let's see if there's a car available. Simpler times. After he did a grand old job in the, ugh, come on, can you guess? One. Let's see who gets it in the comments. Yep, that's right, it was the Formula 4 Championship. He went on to compete in F3, and he won the F3 championship while, and this is mad, competing in Formula 1 at the same year, at the same time, for a backmarker Theodore team. He entered five races, qualified for two, and DNF'd in both. And at the same time, he was briefly involved in testing for a McLaren MP4-1. He then returned to F3 racing for Eddie Jordan in 1983 before doing what all good people do, emigrating. I live in Mexico. Tommy went on to race in the American Racing Series from 1986 onwards. Last, and sadly least, we jumped forward to the DVD era. Yes, all the way back in 2003. This was the same year that Lord of the Rings Return of the King was released. Not that it's connected, I just felt the need to be mentioned to give you an idea of how long ago this was. Let's talk about Ralph Furman entering Formula 1. This Irish lad was born in Norfolk. Wait, what the f- I don't think that's in Ireland. No, that's definitely in England. Turncoat mother f Although he was born in England, his mother Angela was from Ireland and this gave him dual citizenship. He decided to run under an Irish racing license. Hear that, Irvine? Yeah, Northern Irish. But after winning the British F3 Championship in 1996, he emigrated to Japan and won the Formula Nippon Championship in 2002. At the same time, our old friend Eddie Jordan was searching for a specific type of racing driver for his Jordan F1 team. One with the best talent? No. The most experienced? Obviously not. One with an Irish license who could drive as an Irish racing driver? Bingo. How good was he this season? He raced at 15 races that year, missing two due to injury, scored one point at the Spanish Grand Prix, and then left the sport to go on to the Le Mans Championship. Basically, he did as well as anyone could expect from historical precedent for an Irish driver. Four wins? Second for 99 in Ferrari? Wait, was Eddie Irvine actually a decent driver? Ah, for f sake, why the f did I say he wasn't Irish? F you absolute f***ing monkey. What the fuck was I thinking? This is f***ing. Yeah, you can watch the uh, next video over there.
this was going to be a wholesome video. 